This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today we answer your questions, and again, I'm here at uh, Centerfield at Lakeland Linder International Airport. Overcast day, a little bit breezy. Some people are doing some instrument approaches. We're listening to them overhead um, the airport this morning, overhead my house, actually, this morning. Uh, Just got done with working 10 days straight, so one of the reasons we didn't get a podcast out last Monday. Uh, As you can tell, a little little breezy out, but it's fun to actually still watch the airplanes take off and land. Had a cool uh, past uh, trip. It was really a lot of fun. Got to visit people, friends, etc. But one of the coolest thing is I got to land over at St. Martin Airport. And that was really, really cool. Remember that? Uh, it's called Maho Beach. And you've seen the videos right there at the Sunset Grill. People watching airplanes taking off and landing. I actually got to land on that runway. And I have some cool pictures. I've started sharing those pictures. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm using uh, sharing them on my Instagram account. So just go to Instagram.com slash Carl Valeri. I have a... I'll link to that in the show notes. So if you ever want to see some of those pictures and any of the pictures I talk about here, I know some people like Instagram better than just going to the website. Of course, you can go to the website and find them, but uh, also have some of those photos out there on my Instagram account. Trying to share more and more photos about aviation and living to fly, loving to fly, and learning to fly, both with the stuck mic and also here uh, with Aviation Careers Podcast. Problem is, I can't really take pictures at work. They prevent us from doing that from the cockpit. So the only time I get some in-flight pictures or photos, etc., is when I have a jump seater. Lately, uh, haven't had a lot of jump seaters. Haven't been able to get too many photos from the cockpit. Uh, but I do have some really cool photos from Maho Beach and St. Martin. One of the coolest things about the job, again, with as an airline pilot, is the fact I get to go to all these places, and it's like a miniature vacation. Someone asked me, um, you know, if I ever get time to go out and visit. Well. When I was down in St. Martin, I had about 24 hours off. So I decided instead of going to the gym to exercise, I went from, you know, it's Dutch, St. Martin, the, the where Maho Beach is, and on the north side of the island is French. I decided for the first time ever I'm going to walk to the French side. Did not realize how long of a walk that was going to be. It was great exercise, though, and people thought I was nuts for walking up those hills. You know, in the Caribbean, a lot of these roads don't have sidewalks, so it was a bit of a challenge, but great exercise. Of course, if you have any questions, comments, or inspirational stories or announcements, please write us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. You know, if you have an inspirational story you want to share with others, um, anything in aerospace, maybe you have uh, some other information that listeners might be able to use for their careers, maybe you'll want to become a guest on the podcast here. And there's a little course online, seven-minute video, actually. It's real quick, how to be a guest on Aviation Careers Podcast. Go ahead, watch the video, schedule a time. Just make sure in the notes that you say I'm going to be a guest on Aviation Careers Podcast. Maybe a couple talking points, and we'll discuss your career, and maybe certain things in your career and your life that might help some of the other listeners. We've had people come on that were student pilots from their perspective, things that they've done. Love to hear your story. If you don't want to come on the show, then you can write in. If you notice, for those that right into the show. If you notice, I edit a lot of those questions. A lot of the personal information comes out uh, just to protect yourself and, of course, uh, us also. So let's see. Announcements. Um, you know, 
we talked a lot about that aircraft dispatch course and and we talked a lot about becoming an aircraft dispatcher and how much fun it is well if you're looking to learn more about that dispatch program january 3rd they have this thing called first friday here in lakeland i know that's coming up here soon uh they're going to actually have a booth uh, polk state college is going to have a booth and the dispatch program is going to have a booth there and you can find out more about that career it's a really exciting career in dispatch it's real lucrative and the people that are there absolutely love it so i really highly recommend you stopping by if you can't stop by though and i know a lot of you listeners are uh, you know throughout the nation and, and other countries go to the link i have in the show notes about it it's polk.edu slash aerospace and you click on the aircraft dispatch certificate really neat stuff I think a lot of people don't realize that the aircraft dispatch program is a, is a really a cool item. It's a, it's a lot of fun, that career. I do want to say one thing, a comment. Someone had asked me, a friend, about getting into the dispatch program in general. When you are becoming a dispatcher, you're probably going to have to work uh, at the airline or wherever you are in the country. You might be able to telecommute, but... Uh, you're probably going to have to go move to whatever city they're in. So, for instance, uh, if you want to work for Delta Airlines, you're going to have to go to Atlanta to work there. There are some that do remote uh, dispatching, but for the most part, you're going to have to work in their center. So just a, a thought there. It's not as as flexible as, like, the airline pilot. Um, even the mechanic job, I know there's guys that and gals that commute to their jobs, but it's really it's something that you kind of have to be there in base for. That's uh, so another thing I also recommend is really being in base for this job. I think it's a lot easier that way, that's for sure. By the way, if you do want to stop by and say hi to me, I know a lot of people have asked about that. I am in Lakeland, but I'm on like three different locations on the field. Of course, my hangar, we may be moving to another hangar. We might be getting another airplane, so I'm not sure there. Uh, make sure you ask. The best way is just to meet me at Shelter. Uh, Shelter is a great FBO here on the field, so if you ever want to come visit, I can always, I can always meet you at Shelter. Also, don't forget at uh, aviationcareerspodcast.com, you can find the scholarships guide and career coaching and various courses. Uh, you can use the coupon code PAYITFORWARD, all one word, and through the generosity of others, we actually have people that are giving money to give away the scholarships guide for free. We also have opened up uh, the Patreon account where you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. You can give money uh, to help us produce this show. But another thing we're doing to make sure that that money goes to something that's really going to help other people is every $10 we raise through the Patreon account, we're going to give away one scholarships guide. And we've given away a whole bunch of scholarships guides. And that really is helping people move forward in the career. Uh, speaking of which, in the scholarships guide, we have the, the latest update, and that's going to be the last one for the year until 2020. have 60 new scholarships and uh, updates to three of the scholarships out there. When we say updates, that's actually the real value in the scholarships guide because these constantly are changing, and we're adding new scholarships. What's really cool is the fact that we, we've really started this movement in aviation knowing that there's a way to help other people and that's through scholarships you want to help somebody with a rating then give to one of these organizations that provides those scholarships i mean we're right here on the uh, on lakeland airport there's a huge organization right across the f uh, field the aerospace center for excellence they provide a lot of scholarships for folks either through other organizations like the james ray foundation or some of their own scholarships so check them out over at uh, a the ace aerospace center for excellence or just go to sun and fun you'll find the link for it and one more thing I forgot to mention. Gosh, uh, we really want to say thank you to those folks that do sign up 
for our courses online. And a special thanks goes out to Adam for being our thousandth person to sign up for our, one of our online courses. Sign, he signed up for the Scholarships Guide online. Um, and remember, the Scholarships Guide, the big value to most people is the fact that it's a downloadable, updated version every month. But also we have some other things that we keep uh, adding to there as far as courses. We're going to start adding some more videos as far as, you know, how to do a scholarship, that type of thing. And if you've, you know, looked at some of the courses there, some that, they are not all made by me. Some of the other po folks out there that are very creative and have some really good information as far as your career and also some other courses that are out there through Valeria Corporation, uh, things like holding patterns and uh, the pilot jobs book by Tom Wachowski, some really cool resources. Uh, we have access to a lot of those things. And yes, we, we've decided we're kind of refocusing our efforts on the, uh, the uh, airline interview course. We decided we're going to go ahead and put it out. I mean, it'll never be done, just like the scholarships guide will never be done as a resource. By the way, if you hear some of the equipment in the background, I just heard a, gra a great big bang. I'm looking at the runway. Uh, 927, they're actually doing some work on. Gonna have a Cat 3 here uh, landing for uh, Amazon. Amazon's coming in here into town. So we're gonna talk a little bit about Amazon in a minute uh, because of someone's question that was sent in to us. So find out more, aerospacescholarships.com, uh, about those scholarships, aviationcareerspodcast.com, and just go ahead and click on that. So let's get on to some of your emails and your questions. We've got a lot more interviews coming up. Uh, Matt Len, a uh, real big shout out to him as far as put, uh, finding people to come on the show. I do have a mechanic, two mechanics coming up. Uh, in the next couple of episodes, they're going to talk about becoming a mechanic through the civilian route. Don't forget, a lot of people, I think, have gotten the impression that most people come from the military as far as mechanics are concerned. Uh, that's not really the case here at uh, a lot of the airports. And uh, they might use their military benefits, but they've actually come through the civilian ranks. And right now, just have a uh, really cool corporate jet that's taking off. It's a Lear 35, I think it is, and uh, also behind it, taxiing is a Gulfstream. So, uh, and also a helicopter coming in, and an Enstrom, I think that is, coming in. It's kind of far away. Uh, so, a lot of excitement here. I love doing these broadcasts live uh, from Lakeland Linder International Airport because we get to hear some of the airplane noise in the background. We all love to hear that. Uh, actually, he's heading, heading right, uh, going by right now. Can't really tell. I'll tell you in a minute what it is, but. Uh, Let's see, moving on to our first question here. We'll, we'll wait for him to pass by. That actually was, uh, going by was uh, one of the people from, I think it was Fish and Wildlife that went by with a helicopter, or it could have been the sheriff. You saw the green on the tail there. Really cool uh, aircraft going by. It's a A-Star, actually, is what that was that flew by. Got to do some flying in a Twin Star, which was really cool, by the way. One of the neat things about getting into aviation, being a flight ins instructor, sometimes people say, hey, come on along and, and fly with me. So I did a lot of flying in helicopters. Uh, when I had to start paying for it myself as a boy, it got kind of expensive. Uh, so I kind of quit doing the lessons. Uh, but one of these days, I might get back into it. So anyway, let's move on to the first question. Let's see. It says, hello, Carl and team. You're always recommending that your listeners take one step to further their careers every day. And today, this is my step. I have a question that I think is a concern for a large population of professional pilots, and I think it would be great to address it in a podcast. Currently a military pilot with just over five years of service commitment remaining. I plan to continue flying for the Air National Guard upon reaching the end of my active duty service time while being in an airline career. 
beginning an airline career. My concern is that I would prefer to fly for a large cargo carrier such as a UPS or a FedEx, but with the recent surge in automated flight capabilities, there may be an increased risk of furlough for the more junior pilots at these carriers since cargo carriers will likely be the first to start removing pilots from the cockpit due to the lower risks to human life without passengers on board. Do you have any insight or predictions as to whether this will be an issue for heavy cargo carriers in the near future? And if so, how do you recommend that someone in my situation prepare for this type of change to a professional aviation? I prefer to fly in cargo over working with passengers and, and passenger terminals, but I'd also prefer not to put myself at a higher risk of losing my job and high salary if I work my way up to captain in a major cargo carrier. Thank you for all that you do for the world of professional aviation, and I believe that many of your listeners look forward to your response on this matter. If you ever need insight or information about the world of military aviation, I'd love to be glad to help. I was looking forward to utilizing your career coaching in a couple of years when I get closer to the end of my active duty service time. Best regards. And thanks so much for that uh, question, and uh, love to hear more about your military career. And some people don't look towards a military career where they should be. Uh, I, kn I think right now the civilian career path is so quick. I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people aren't getting into it. But uh, if you want to tell your story and how you got involved, you can write to me or, again, please come on as a guest. It could just be a quick interview, you know, what you did and how you got there uh, in the military world. Work with a lot of folks transitioning to the civilian world, a lot of military folks and if you know my past background i did all the leaves of absences and uh, the colas and the the furloughs at my previous airline working with a lot of those folks that uh, had to go on mill leave so uh, always good to hear from the folks out there in the military now let's go to the issue as, as far as people being removed from the cockpit this is something that's been continuing uh, for many years if you remember united airlines they bought those 737s they didn't have a flight engineer on that and those folks actually were sitting in the cockpit those flight engineers that used to fly like the 72s and they were getting paid as flight engineers for a while because of their contract but that is something that automation is great it's helpful there's certain things that the automation can do uh, better, but there's a lot of things it cannot do. This is also true in the world of shipping, uh, in the world of uh, automation in ships and cargo overseas. Uh, one of the issues, and I think I, you keyed on one thing as far as the loss of life, uh, that is one of the reasons that was given as far as the rest standards. If you remember, there was this discussion about rest standards with airlines, FAR 117 to be specific. And one of the th reasons that they didn't put as strict standards on the cargo carriers is because it was a cost-benefit analysis. Losing a cargo carrier is not going to be like losing a uh, passenger aircraft uh, because of the number of, of people on board the aircraft. I wouldn't say agree or with that, but that's the way they went with that, and um, that's how it, it panned out. So similarly, let's talk more about cargo. If you notice that all this automation, we're talking about cargo carries, not with people on board. Remember that automation relies on input from different sources and also had needs computers to be able to run that. Well, one of the things that we really have noticed over the years is sometimes that automation doesn't work and they actually have to change things in the aircraft physically, which is what the pilot is there for, and troubleshoot certain things. By the way, you heard that noise take off. There's a Global Express, beautiful airplane taking off. But, you know, one of the things as far as the, you know, as far as automation, this has been going on for many, many years. If you remember, in all different industries, we just have to change. But to your point, you know, what is it that we have to be concerned about? Yeah, the cargo carriers will be the first to go that route. 
Uh, I don't see that within the next 30 years. Remember, the FA uh, has to certify this and also make sure it's safe. And if we look at even like general aviation, et cetera, notice people are still using technologies from the 50s as far as in their cars and uh, the engines that are in certified aircraft because there has to be a certain safety level that has to be put into place. Without having someone there manage it, it it's really, I don't feel that you're going to ever get rid of at least one pilot in the cockpit unless it's in certain zones that uh, are deemed very unsafe where there's a possibility of them uh, getting shot down in a war zone. I can understand it there. But really, in the civilian world, uh, one of the things that we have to be concerned about is the safety of the people on the ground. If you notice, in, uh, recently in a cargo crash, uh, there was a recent one where uh, three people on board were killed. There was a, a little bit of outcry from, from people, but I think there would have been more if there was loss of life. In that case, luckily, there wasn't other than the pilots, and that's uh, unfortunate, obviously, for the pilots. Uh, actually knew one of them in the aircraft, and it uh, it's a sad day when you lose a pilot, but the way that the FAA looks at it um, is they're more concerned about the hazard to those other people that are out there in the civilian world that are you know on the ground and also the passengers on board the aircraft. Obviously, it was just cargo on board the aircraft. That's the way they look at it. That's the way it's it's been looked at as far as a cost-benefit analysis. And, yeah, it should be a bit of a concern, more so the concern of getting rid of one of the pilots in the cockpit, uh, and that would be your point. In other words, at some point, yeah, we may get to the point of just having one person there. Um, but I, I really don't see that happening, especially with the civilian, as far as the passenger carrying capacity for many, many years to come. Uh, I'm, I'm predicting maybe the next 50 years we'll, we'll see that come, but we're not quite there yet. We're not there with uh, automated automobiles yet, and we're, we're going to have to see that come to fruition first and then see the technology through the aircraft. Remember, there's something that's interesting about people. We really can't replace people for certain things. Um, the cognitive ability of a person to be able to deal with certain instances that are just out of the pre-programmed type of response for a, say, emergency. Um, we can't sometimes they figure out all the different things that might happen in an airplane. We see that happen where people have, you know, stepped up and either through intuition, et cetera, they've been able to prevent things from happening, whereas a computer has a certain amount of limitations. Will that change? Possibly. Remember my background, I was in artificial intelligence and language recognition. That's what I first got started in. And just looking at the knowing the limitations in the computers, yeah, we're we're pretty far, but uh, it could come. It could come someday. So as far as your career is concerned, I don't think you have to worry about it. I think that's really what you're asking. Um, but some of the people that are out there thinking of becoming an engineer, a good example, C-130s. That's a military aircraft. The flight engineer on a C-130. Um, got a, fr a friend that actually is an instructor on those. Nice guy. Um, but that uh, position's kind of going away. And eventually, we won't see that uh, C-130. As a matter of fact, in the military, even in their specific fleets, I don't think they actually have the engineer on any of the aircraft anymore. I think it's more of the contractors, but I could be wrong about that. I'm, not, I'm pretty sure they're all gone from all the aircraft, but someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that. I'd love to hear uh, whether the military actually still has the engineer on the C-130s. Anyway, thanks for that question. Uh, hopefully it helps. Um, and nobody can predict the future, but as far as an opinion and automation, I love automation. I think it's the greatest thing. It's helped us become safer uh, just with the autopilots alone. I mean, the fatigue level has dropped dramatically. Uh, being able to put the autopilot on to do th the mundane task of holding altitude and heading. 
allowing you to do other things, dealing with weather, passengers, uh, changes in weather, that type of thing. And just to go forward with the whole automation and being able to predict the future as far as getting rid of people in the cockpit, remember, you know, we can't predict the weather. We haven't built a computer that could do that very well. We can predict weather maybe 12 hours out, but we're, we're going to see that technology increase uh, exponentially just like others. But from my feeling, I think it's going to be a long time till that all happens. Anyway, let's move on to the next question. Uh, this comes from Facebook. Oh, and by the way, on all these websites and you know, like Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, I have uh, friends monitoring and also has Alicia, my assistant, she monitors this. So if you do have a question, she might get back to you if it's not me personally and then send the, the question along to me. Unfortunately, the, the problem with getting a podcast that gets a little more popular is the fact that I can't answer everybody directly every day. Uh, I get about anywhere from 500 to 1,000 emails in a day. Half of those are junk, I think. But uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me every few hours to be able to answer those directly. So I'm glad this person asked it on Facebook, and I answer it here, and I also answered it on pa- Facebook. He asked, can the aircraft dispatcher course at Polk State College be taken online. Uh, There is currently a hybrid course where it's both online and in-house, but at some point they are going to go totally online. But not currently. You can't do it all online. Uh, That may start coming in the future. Uh, We're looking towards that, I think, at Polk State College. Um, There are some other programs I know that are out there that are online, but uh, to your point, no, it is a short program. There's a short course. It's four weeks. There's also one that's six weeks, and you can do the six-week in person, the four-week both online and in person. But uh, I think it's an opportunity a lot of people should look towards. Going back to the what I was saying earlier about the dispatcher course, just make sure you realize that the dispatch jobs, like for some of these corporations, et cetera, they don't require it. It's nice to see on your resume, but uh, dispatching is only required for a lot of these Part 121 carriers. And one of the things that you'd get into it for is to go to work for one of those carriers and also for a Part 135 uh, scheduled. And some of these carriers, they do require that that dispatcher certificate. You can make really good money uh, just starting out with that certificate. And you don't have to have the college degree, which is uh, pretty cool as as far as being able to move right into something that makes really good money. Thanks for that question. Next question comes in. Uh, says, hello, Carl. Real sorry to bother you on LinkedIn. Oh, by the way, yes, you can find me on LinkedIn. Ask a question. That's also monitored. And I put those in here. So if you are asking the questions on LinkedIn, I will probably answer them on here uh, and maybe be able to get back to you directly. Um, but again, it's um, again the, the downside to being having uh, so many of you reaching out to me is that I, I can't answer every single one of my emails because I actually have this other job that I do flying for the airlines. And by the way, I just I just work ten days straight. I am not going to do that again. That was nuts. I mean, I'm I'm wore out uh, just trying to <laughs> catch up on my sleep. Uh, that's for sure. Anyway, let <laughs> me continue with his question. It says I was hoping you, know, you could take a minute and inform me on any current flight scholarships that might suit someone in my situation. I'm a college grad and trying to finish my private. All I have left is my check ride, but getting endorsed for it has been a challenge because I can't fly consistently due to financial restraints. If there's any scholarship opportunities you may know that would fit me, I'd really appreciate it. Big fan of the podcast and appreciate all your knowledge and input about aviation, specifically on finding ways to finance flying through scholarships. Obviously, because of your knowledge on the matter, I thought I'd take a chance and ask for your help. Thanks a lot. Well, 
There are scholarships out there for you. These are people that are industry-specific normally. They may not be more the academic scholarships by industry-specific places like the AOPAs, the EAAs, ones that are trying to keep people in aviation. Remember these scholarships, they help the industry, the general aviation industry, because where does flying start? It starts here. It starts with general aviation, and it moves on from there. Small airplanes, and then you move up. It affects everybody. The other reason, too, and I think people in the industry have figured this out, is that those people that maybe only do general aviation for a month and then move on and start flying in the military, That those people, too, are ones that we need to reach out towards. Those are the ones that are going to someday go to the airlines, and once they become captain or whatever, they have uh, some extra money, they go out and buy an airplane because they want to share that love of aviation with their family. I hear it all the time. A lot of the folks I work with own airplanes. You know, I have a little airplane in the hangar here. I'm at the you know the center of the airport here at Lakeland Linder and absolutely love the aviation community. It's different, by the way, than the airlines. Much different. GA, a uh, whole different ball game. But yes, uh, also as far as scholarships, they are in the guy that can help you out. There's more uh, geared, obviously, towards the academia. But another thing uh, we can do to help out is we can do some of the career coaching where we can actually help you find a scholarship. In the past, uh, we used to have a, a program, this is going back many years, where uh, basically you would uh, pay a certain amount of money and we would guarantee you would get a scholarship more than the amount of money that you paid in to us doing the research on it. Currently, we offer it 75 an hour to do some research on scholarships, but uh, but they're out there. Just, uh, you just got to keep looking. Hard to find uh, sometimes, but that guy does help. Also, another thing, I think we are going to do a printed version, maybe only the printed version available at air shows and stuff like that. What you're going to see, and we're trying to figure out, we'll have to put a coupon in there so you can access the online guide because it's so big. It's like 550 pages, I think, right now or more uh, at this point. And that thing, it just printing that alone is going to cost more than uh, than like $30 just to print the thing. So that's probably what's what we're going to wind up doing. I'm, I'm kind of putting that number out there. I think it's a little less than that, but it's going to be quite expensive to purchase. I'll let you know when that's done. But uh, anyway, thanks for the question. Keep asking those questions on LinkedIn. You may get an answer from somebody else. Alicia, my, my assistant, might answer that for me. Um, but uh, she manages my social media and doing a great job at that. Anyway, let's move on to the next question. This is a really important question, um, and I want to talk a little bit about this situation. Um, I'm going to start this question because it's kind of a, some personal information that he relays, and then we're going to go into a summary of, of what his situation is. It says, I began flight training in September after having my childhood dream of being a pilot uh, reignited. So far, the aspects of flying a plane have felt very natural to me from takeoff checklists, landings, even radio communication comes to me with gradual ease. I've not gone to see an AME, Aviation Medical Examiner, yet because I have fear that I might be denied a medical. Um, in the past, and he goes on to describe this, um, he had actually done some drinking, uh, was possibility of, of having some behavioral health issues, and was uh, placed in a hospital because of it, and the uh, possibility of abusing you know, alcohol and suicide, that type of thing. Uh, now he's moved on with his life, totally different person, uh, really excited to hear that about you. And I think that in my mind, everybody needs a second chance as long as they you know, have done things to move forward in life, and I think you have. Um, but his question is this. He says, I'm worried that I will be forever denied a medical clearance because I have trouble in the past with feeling depressed and abusing alcohol. Um, so 
Currently not problem, but in the past it was. So let's discuss this a little bit. If you're somebody listening, uh, and to his point, if you're somebody that has had an issue with alcohol or any type of depression, et cetera, in the past, or maybe you've taken Ritalin, um, there, there is a way around this. You will not, you can get a medical eventually, but there's a few things you'll have to do. Uh, there's this thing that's out there. It's called Hims, and it's a great, great program that uh, really, it, it's something that's primarily for pilots, you know, people that are um, professional pilots, but it's going to help you if you're thinking of going towards a professional program. It's called the Human Intervention Motivation Study. And this program is, is it's an occupational abuse, substance abuse program. It's a treatment program. It's, it's geared to commercial pilots, like I said. It uh, identifies treats and it helps people return to work. Uh, one of the neat things about that, this is kind of moved in. It's morphed a little bit where there's a lot of people uh, within the civilian community using this through healthcare professionals, the FA, and working together. Uh, primarily, uh, it's been the Airline Pilots Association uh, and the, uh, the Institute uh, for Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, uh, Substance Abuse, etc. But it's brought a lot of people back to the cockpit. One of the things I want you to do, uh, I'm going to have to reach out to them because I would love to play some of their audio on this podcast. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to do one better. I'm going to reach out and have someone come on and talk about the HIMSS program. There's some really cool videos on their website, YouTube videos, a couple of them of uh, that talk about people like yourself that have had issues and have been able to get back into the cockpit. And that's something I want you to watch. And I want anybody to watch that has had certain issues in the past. I have a link in the show notes. It's the himsprogram.com, H-I-M-S, himsprogram.com. It talks about that. I mean, in the f- fact that not just past, but people have a current have a current issue and we're able to go through this HIMS program, uh, are currently within the program, monitoring, et cetera. I have friends that have been through it. I think it's an absolutely terrific program. Uh, the recidivism is incredibly low. I forget the uh, statistics, uh, but it's a very high rate. Of, of people that are successful for the rest of their careers dealing with alcoholism and substance abuse and being able to continue with their career as a pilot. Obviously, you have these type of issues, then you shouldn't be in the cockpit until you get help. That's what this program does. It gets you that help, and then you can move forward in your career. And um, I'm a, a ginormous uh, advocate of this program. So there's lots of different seminars they have, which is kind of cool, um, but reach out to them at the HIMSS program. They actually uh, talk about certification. There's a huge resource library. They have different seminars, et cetera, uh, things about DUI and information there, uh, a modicum of information. Like I said, I'm going to reach out, see if I can get somebody uh, to move into that and, uh, and get somebody there that can actually come on the show. But this is a program that is set up for people that are going into the profession or actually specifically for people in the, pro- the profession, but also people moving into that profession of becoming an airline pilot. Uh, there's also some other people out there that are really good resource. Uh, the Aviation Medical Advisory Services. I'd reach out to HIMSS first, but Aviation Medical Advisory Services. Obviously, you don't want to go to your medical examiner first. Get all the information you can. This is a start. This is what we're doing. We're talking here. I want you to start that research. I want you to do that. And then start thinking about talking to AME. But don't do that until you have all your ducks in a row. And I like the fact that you were thinking in that direction. But do not give up hope. I know a lot of people who have been through the same situation and have been able to become airline pilots. It just it might take a little bit more work, but that's all it is, just a little bit more work. But, you know, we all have challenges in life. 
And this is one that you'll just have to move on forward. And I'm really excited that you're finally moving forward in a, in a career that is your dream. I think that's terrific. I like the fact that you're following your passion. And I think that's awesome. A little something about passion. I probably make a whole podcast about this. There's... Um, and I, I don't want to name the names, but there's somebody out there that talks about, hey, you know, we, we're giving the wrong advice, telling people to follow their passion. Uh, I think what we need to do is kind of update that comment. You know, I think it's important to follow your passion. Follow your passion. Figure out a way how you can meld your passion with the ability to make money in a career that'll sustain you. And that's what I'm going to talk about in one of our episodes because I I could talk about an hour on that one one item and uh, why it's important to follow your passion. But now put some thought behind that passion to be able to turn your passion into a career that will sustain you and sustain your family. And that's what we're doing here on this podcast. So I think there's like there's a famous guy that talks about it. I don't want to name him because I really don't want to start uh, blowing this up as far as in social media. But I really, really like this guy. So I'm going to reach out to him first and say, hey, listen, you know, I feel that's important to follow your passion, but follow your passion in a direction where you think uh, you might be able to make money. I'll give you an example for me. I had a passion for importing and exporting things. I uh, started a thing called, the, I was the CEO of a small company called the Global Alliance Corporation. Uh, we were international food traders. My intention was not to go into food trading. I wanted to get into doing other things. And I wanted to go into souvenirs, office equipment, et cetera, which I made good money at. But what happened is that the food came up and all of a sudden started making us really good money. And I found out that I really loved that. So you don't know what exactly or how exactly the, your passion will be fulfilled and how that job will manifest itself. But you need to kind of follow that passion now, put something below it that'll help you sustain your career and your life. You know, it's okay to keep those castles in the sky. You just have to now fill that and create that foundation underneath those castles in the sky so you can uh, can build up towards those dreams. I didn't I didn't make that up as a throw that actually came up with that one, but I've I actually have that on my wall. And I think it's incredibly important to follow that. But uh, anyway, that's our last question. Uh, I hope you'll reach out to me as far as those different uh, oh, in the recommended reading tab, I probably should make it a different tab, I call it resources or something. In the recommended reading tab, it has uh, the link to the Aviation Medical Advisory Services. We're going to add this link to that, the HIMSS program, because I think it's so important. We also have a lot of folks here that have worked with different uh, aviation examiners and people work in this field of psychology that have been able to help people get their medicals back. So we're trying to get more and more resources in that manner. But I will say one thing as a last note. Man, am I a believer in the HIMSS program. Boy, um, just after all the different medical examiners that I've worked with, that have worked in the HIMSS program, all the people who have been through the program, uh, they're doing something right. They're, they're, they're really getting people back in the cockpit and helping them on a personal level and uh, helping them move forward in their lives and their careers, which I think is absolutely awesome. Well, folks, this has been really exciting. As you can tell, I'm at the airport, so I get a lot more excited when I'm at the airport. Uh, the airplane's going by, the airplane noise. I hope you've enjoyed some of that. I know you hear some of the equipment in the background. They're building, or I should say redoing, one of the runways out here. It's really cool to, to watch all this happen. Uh, I'd love to be inside the hangar and have not all that noise out there, but I think some of you like the aircraft noise, the helicopter noise that came by before. And like I said, for me, doing this podcast kind of builds me. I help you know 
fill other people's buckets like yours, but it also fills mine on a personal and, and financial level too, obviously, uh, because you know of all the courses that we are putting forth. And we are moving in that direction. We've uh, I've made a lot of changes in my life. Uh, you know, sometimes I like to let people in, into my life and know a little bit about what's going on. But you know, I do a lot of volunteer work and uh, have found that uh, probably the efficiency of doing all that volunteer work in my life, I can be a lot more efficient by kind of scaling back a little on some of that stuff and helping people in other ways, especially with this podcast. So we are going to continue to do this and help you move forward in your life and your career. And I'm going to start doing other things. So uh, been a little bit of a shuffle this year. Uh, New Year's coming. I can't wait. I'm very excited about this. This will be our last podcast for this year, 2019. We're moving into 2020. Can't wait to see you guys at the uh, air shows that are out there. Make sure you come up and say hi to me. We're thinking of one of the things that I've been hearing from you, some feedback is it's hard to get in touch with me and reach out. I think we may wind up getting a booth now at some of these air shows. I know I love to do the interviews and stuff like that, but at the same time, I want to be able to reach out to you on a personal level and say hi. So uh, gotta, I'm going to try to do both of those things. We'll see how it works out, uh, but really excited. Next event, obviously, is Sun and Fun coming up, and uh, we will be there, the crew of the Stuck Mike Avcast and also some of the folks here at Aviation Careers Podcast. One of the most important things that you can do when you're moving into this career, whether you're researching you know, what, what's going to happen with automation in the future, researching different scholarships or looking into the HIMSS program where you're looking towards uh, moving forward in your career if you've had an issue with substance abuse in the past. A really important thing to do is to take one step every day to move forward in your career. It could be something really small. It could be something like looking up something on the internet, watching a YouTube. I'm a huge fan of YouTube. We're going to start putting more videos out there on YouTube. I know a lot of people are, tell me that I'm a lot more animated in person, uh, so they want to kind of see my face. All right, I'm breaking, I'm breaking down. I'll start doing that. I'll let you know when you start putting some more of those videos out there. Um, but I, I love talking to you folks, and one of the things I love is the fact that you've taken my advice to, to do something to move forward in your career something small or it could be something large it might be something like going out there getting that loan to pay for your certificate or to pay for your college education it might be something like ordering that book that you wanted to order ordering the course whatever it may be that's going to help you move forward in your career but what i want you to do i want you to take one step today to move forward in your career and your life we'll talk to you next episode safe flying can't wait to the new year. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.